Watch an artist on record, your ultimate intimate conversation with your favorite artist. Today we have in the hot seat, Steve Binder, reinventing Elvis, the 68 comeback. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell to be notified so you don't miss any other episodes. There was a call waiting for me from Bob Finkel at NBC. I called Bob up and Bob said, I don't know what you did to charm uh, the Colonel, but he loves you. and <laughs> He's approved you to meet with Elvis tomorrow. And sure enough, Elvis came to my office the next day, and that began the relationship. I mean, you got to meet these Bender and Bones guys, E.B. They're the ones that put James Brown, the Rolling Stones on stage. They're doing some cutting-edge stuff. Mr. Bender, Mr. Howe. Tell me honestly, what do you boys think my career is at right now? It's in the toilet. Elvis. <laughs> you hear that, Jerry? <laughs> oh, Lord. I knew you were the right guys for this job. 9 15. No, but it really is, you know, 15 minutes. Uh, Steve, can we have a lot of game in this playback? Yes. Okay. The song that made this iconic, it was just this, you captured that and, and just, can you tell me just a little bit about that, how you brought that into what? play? You're on Artist on Record, your ultimate intimate conversation with your favorite artist. And in the hot seat, we have the wonderful Mr. Steve Binder, the man responsible for Elvis, the 68 comeback special, where there's a new documentary coming out on Elvis called Reinventing Elvis. You can get links down below in our description or click right up there. Now, everybody, put your hands together for Mr. Steve Binder. It all starts now. Don't touch that dial. Well, I was convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt I was going to end the show with an original song of some kind. And the Colonel, on the other hand, was insisting uh, he had lost so many battles along the way that his Custer's last stand was, you know, I'm going to put in at the end of the show a Christmas song uh, or uh, for some reason, he wanted a 50s hit by Frankie Lane called I Believe. I believe for every drop of rain Rain falls, a flower grows. Which is a nice song, but it had nothing to do with Christmas. So I was confused about that. And uh, it was really a case of where I went to, I knew I traditionally, when you do a special like that, the star usually at the very end of the shows is, you know, uh, I hope we got to know each other better after this hour, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I knew I could never get Elvis to say anything like that. Uh, first of all, I didn't want him to. And secondly, the Colonel wouldn't let him. So I told my musical director, Billy Goldenberg, and my choral director, Earl Brown, that they should go home and by that time, we all knew who Elvis was. We all had our private moments with him. And I said, and we all know he's, he's not a redneck. Uh, he's not a racist. So let's, let's tell everybody through the song lyrics uh, who exactly Elvis is, at least as we know him working on this special. So... A few days later, I got a call 
I think it was Earl who called me and said, I think we've got the song for you. And in the meantime, the Colonel was running around with his Christmas song idea or his uh, Frankie Lane, I believe, song, uh, telling everybody that's what's going to be the closing song. And uh, so they, they come over. Uh, Elvis is uh, in the commissary across the way having breakfast. And uh, we had two pianos in his dressing room. Uh, we had a baby grand in one room and we had an upright in the other room. And uh, Billy Goldenberg is an unbelievable piano player, was uh, unfortunately Billy passed last year. Uh, but he played the piano. Earl was <laughs> choral director with the Earl Brown singers. So he has beautiful voice and he sang, If I Can Dream. And the lead sheet had music by Billy Goldenberg, lyrics by Earl Brown. Uh, I knew in four bars, this is it. This is exactly what I was looking for. This song in itself, sung by anybody else but Elvis, to me would never have been a hit record, let alone, you know, one of the most important ballads ever written. We're lost in a cloud. Uh, you know, it, it uh, Earl was not known as a hit songwriter. He was known for his choral work and his uh, choral group. And uh, so uh, I, uh, when Elvis comes back, I said, Elvis, I, I want you to go into the other room by yourself and we're going to play you what I think is the closing song. And he goes in the other room and, and uh, Billy plays the music, Earl sings, Elvis listens to it, and he says, as he always did, uh, play it again. Sing it again. And they must have done it four or five times for him. By that time, the Colonel wanders in with his entourage, uh, Freddie Beanstock and, and the people from RCA uh, and his publishing company. And I can hear through this thin door, I can hear the Colonel saying, they're never going to play that crap, you know, on, on the show. Uh, you know, and Elvis turns to me having heard what the colonel said and says, I'll do it. At that moment, the door bursts open, in comes the colonel with his entourage. They already have filled out typewritten contracts for Billy and Earl to sign, giving away their publishing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what happens is Billy goes over to the piano he said, Steve, I had nothing to do with this. He said, I have to take my name off of it. Typical of the people that I was fortunate to work with in those days, the integrity alone. Be a small fortune in, in uh, writer's uh, fees uh, by taking his name off, off of it. Wow. And, you know, but, uh, you know, the song Beyond My Wildest Dreams has become you know, and in the future uh, is one of the great ballads ever written. Walk, walk, stand, 
those are Elvis's words. That's what I've got to get across to the to the audience that sees the documentary. Uh, we play it in full at the very end of the documentary, and those those words tell all of our feeling of the time we worked with Elvis. Now, that's our window into his world and his life, as far as you know what we observe. Uh, there may be people with other opinions and, and et cetera. But I, you know, having come from Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, telling me when I first met him that he had never seen a, a white person for around, I don't know what he said, six years of his, of his life, uh, you know, growing this, this love for black music and black spirituals and what have you. He loved going to black churches, and uh, it, it was, uh, you know, it just turned out from beginning to end uh, what I, I would call, you know, uh, a real uh, respect and love affair and acknowledging. And, and I came away with saying, uh, yes, he deserves to be called the king of rock and roll. And uh, he treated everybody uh, no matter what color you were, uh, race you were, religion you were, treated everybody equally. And uh, I think the, the night we spent together when when uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated at the Ambassador Hotel uh, drew us even closer. Uh, you know, we watched it live on television, spent the rest of the evening until the next morning practically just talking about what's going on in our country. Thank you. Good night. You know what? The documentary, Reinventing Elvis, it's wonderful. Everybody, please check it out. I'll put links in our description down below. You've been a, a true gentleman. and Thank you for your time. I'm sorry I went over our time. but Not a problem. I enjoyed it myself. And uh, let's do it again. That was the wonderful Mr. Steve Binder. You can catch more of this episode. Click on the links right at the end of this. And make sure you subscribe. Hit the bell to be notified. And catch Reinventing Elvis, the 68th comeback on Paramount+. Plus. Links will be in our description down below. Until then, everybody, we'll catch you all later. Who loves you, baby? We do.